The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. Write this number down. Write it on your unk. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. That's the number to get in touch with Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani if you have a question uh, regarding your animal's health or behavior or grooming. And in fact, today, if you're one of those people that deals with allergies, and there's so many people that deal with these uh, allergies with their dogs in particular. You may have allergies. Forget your allergies, but your dog's allergies. They're scratching. They're itching. They're losing their hair. We have some tips for you today. We're going to try to help you out with that. There's some really phenomenal things that we can offer now to pet owners, and it helps not just your pet, but it helps you sleep at night, too. <laughs> Which is so important. So uh, we'll find out more on that in just a few minutes. Robert Semro with the five things you must know before you hire a pet sitter. Five things you must know before you hire a pet sitter. And Judy is is waiting. You know, she, Her side business is pet sitting. She hopes that she... Yes, I hope I can pass the test. The newsroom. The newsroom looks full. In fact, it looks like Nikki is in the newsroom and usually not in the newsroom with Roro. She loves she loves every dog. You know, we were at an agility seminar the other day and she loves everything. She crawled up to this big standard poodle and started licking the dog's face and the dog snapped at her. I was like, Oh Aww. dear. She just loves everything. She and Chihuahuas, everything. She didn't care. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, are you that good? Yeah. Judge. See, Ladybug's not like that. Ladybug is not a social animal. She doesn't like She'd be biting Nikki. <laughs> yes, it would be. She would snap. Yes. Now, do you have to ever deal with the allergies that we're going to be talking about? You know, Boss does have allergies, and I actually, um, I do, ha- I allergy tested him, and he's on immunotherapy, so he receives daily allergy drops um, oh. to his mouth, under his, you know, his gum on his tongue, and he gets that as a way to try to help his own immune system to combat those allergies. Wow. Um, so. So we've been able to avoid a lot of other medications, uh, but his foot chewing and scratching can wow. get pretty extreme. So um, I, I'm pretty close to pulling out some of these drugs for him um, so that I don't have to listen to the foot chewing anymore. <laughs> I'm just wondering, because I know when my dog's allergies get really bad, I, I'm like, okay, into the bathtub. So how important is bathing when it comes to their itching and all that stuff? Mm. Great question, Lori. Well, there's there's a couple benefits to bathing. One is that if there's actually pollens or environmental allergens that settle on your dog's or cat's hair coat, by bathing them, you're removing that. So that's a contact kind of allergy for yourself as well as for your pet, that you're removing that on a regular basis. The other benefit is, especially if you're using something with more of a, say, like a colloidal oatmeal, which has a um, short-term um, calming effect, just like an Aveeno bath does for us if you've got chicken pox. Um, but colloidal oatmeal is helpful, but it goes away after a couple of days. So you have to bathe a pet like every three to five days in order to kind of re- Regain that benefit of the anti-itch from those types of products. Um, so, so there's definitely some some value to that. Now, you don't want to overdo it because you don't want to overly dry out a pet. So that's where using you know more um, appropriate yeah. medicines for their skin is is the best way to go. We tried one of those colloidal oatmeal baths on Ladybug, and she just she got messy. 
It was hard to clean oh, up. She was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking a mud bath. You did a mud bath with her, right? No, not yet. That's we're scheduled for a date, me and her. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Um, you know, we we talk about all kinds of pets on this show, and I just have come across one that is, if nothing else, incredibly big. Uh, probably <laughs> is not an elephant, uh, but the couple keeps it in their house, and they say it's kind of like having a small car in the home. So we'll tell you about uh, this pet named Wild Thing coming up. Uh, let's go to which one are we going to? Line four? Okay, line four, Judy says. Well, hi, Margie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from the Pittsburgh area. Beautiful. And uh, what's going on with your animal? I have Dr. Debbie right here. Uh, we were, we went up, we have a camp about two hours north of Pittsburgh. It's actually on the Allegheny River. It's on the dirt road and such. And we go up there about <clears throat> every other week or in the summertime once a week, you know, through the weekend. Anyway, Sounds our dog nice. <laughs> went after a porcupine last night and was mm-hmm. hit with this quill. Okay. And this is not the first time it happened, but I'm wondering if there's an easier way to take the quills out, and do they expand once they go in? We we were able to hold. It's a big Doberman pincher. We were able to hold him down, her down rather, for <clears throat> probably an hour and a half. My husband and I worked on her trying to get the quills off, but there's still some back in her mouth. And uh, mm-hmm. is it true if you break off the end of the quill, uh, they're easier to pull out? And um, you know, just if there's any way that we can. Uh, control these porcupines in, in our neighborhood uh-huh. where our camp is. It's not a neighborhood. It's a very wooded area. Sure, sure. Well, you definitely can't control Mother Nature there. That's going to be the hard right. thing. So the trick is going to be to, to, to work on your dog and how we react to that. Now, the first thing I'm going to say you asked about is that uh, there's kind of an old wives' tale out there that if you break the quills, that they're easier to pull out. And, and we really don't okay. want to do that. It's the, the general rules with uh, porcupine quills, we don't twist them, we don't bend them, we don't want to break them in any way. Um, okay. And, and that is uh, the truth. The, the quills have a slight barbing to them, and they can expand once moisture gets in there. So um, they definitely can have that ability to get bigger and kind of lodge in there. Porcupine quills have some immense ability to migrate in some very dangerous areas in the body. So for any pet's safety and their well-being, I have to recommend that a veterinary, uh, that you see a veterinarian for the quill removal. Um, okay. It, it seems like it's easy to remove them, but just in the process of removing them, they can actually, it can make the nearby ones migrate uh, deeper into the skin. And even in a veterinarian's hands, we can remove sometimes thousands from a dog, and it can take hours um, to do that. So the safest way that I can recommend is under general anesthesia, where we remove those quills, and if they start to have an appearance that they're migrating under the skin, we can do an incision, get that little sucker out of there. Um, but it, it is a a pretty huge endeavor to get those out. Um, yeah, it's just like one said, or two. We're, that's we're actually on our way to the veterinarian right now, but uh, you know, we were able to get. I I feel like ninety five percent of them off, but they're back in the roof of her mouth, and um, oh yeah, she's not even letting us go near her mouth today. It happened like yeah. ten thirty last night, so. Yeah, absolutely. And and these, you know, the, the big danger is that in removing these, we can actually drive these and some other ones into the body further. And there are dogs that have had these quills even days, weeks, months later migrate into very serious parts of the body, like to the chest. And it can cause 
pyothorax, basically a horrible infection in the chest. They can go to the joints, and dogs actually can present for a lameness months later, and a porcupine quill can actually migrate to those areas. So um, so I'm glad that you are seeing the veterinarian because that is going to be yes. really important to do that kind of evaluation. I imagine um, they'll put her on pro- probably an antibiotic also. Yeah, in many cases, if we're worried that there's some under the skin, um, then that is a typical therapy. And then pain medication, anti-inflammatories for a couple of days, because they're, you know, this is an ouchy thing. Um, the good thing is once we get those quills out, um, you know, we're pretty, pretty happy that they're feeling more comfortable. And uh, I like to warn people that, you know, even if we spend two hours taking quills out, under anesthesia, it is still possible that some of these suckers can get past our ability to see them and to notice them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are really just that uh, Is there sneaky. anything I should look for in the next few weeks that if they miss some quills, I, I might be looking for like an infection or some kind of swelling or something like that? Absolutely. Anything as far as surface swelling or redness that you notice, but even mm-hmm. it goes into further things. So anything out of the ordinary. Um, I've had dogs where they actually vomit up quills. So if it migrates in the body or in the mouth into mm-hmm. unusual areas, we'd watch for problems breathing, any digestive disturbances, anything that doesn't seem right um, is really suspect for a pet that gets into porcupines. Uh, the long-term strategy, um, probably the, the, the best way that I could um, direct you is we need to do some aversion training with porcupines. Um, and it's similar to, uh, we were talking the other week about rattlesnake aversion training. Very important hazard for other dogs in different uh, climates. But porcupines, we can do the same type of thing. Now, you can't control the wild critters, but in many cases you might want to check with uh, folks that do dog training in your area or even those that do hunt dog training um, because they often have to deal with this on a regular basis of dogs who are used for hunting to leave the porcupines and those kind of critters alone. So basically we use, um, usually it's using collar training, the remote collars that have a yeah. shock that gives the aversion, right. and then we need to have but a porcupine that we work with. I had a shock collar on her last night when this happened, and uh, she wasn't going off the deck, and she was. we were there for two hours around the fireplace, and, you know, I guess she heard it, and she wasn't 15 feet off the deck when, when I knew something happened. Uh, so yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm wondering, will this teach her a lesson? Will she know next time this porcupine may come out that she may back off it now? You know, she might, but a lot of times it's a repetition thing. And that's why when we get into the aversion training, you really need to have the porcupine in controlled environments and then, um, and then to, to go through the repetition of, you know, just walking near the porcupine where they can pick up the right. scent or the sight of it. And then they get the uh, aversion, uh, the negative uh, reinforcement for that so that she can get it in her head. I just don't want to get near these things, the very sight or smell of them. Um, so that really would be. Do you know any of the laws about trying to remove a porcupine? or kill it or are you because like I said this is right behind our camp They've, he's been there for a couple of years and uh, we've had this experience before with other dogs so I'm just yeah, <laughs> like it, saying you can train them somewhat but I'm, I'd love to be able to remove it yeah, I, I'm going to tell you that you're going to waste your efforts if you're trying to get rid of the porcupines in the area because, you know, mm-hmm. wildlife, they have definitely different um, abilities to have different areas where they live, and you're not going to be able to seek them out and really, you know, 
move them or uh, get them out of the area. So I wouldn't even waste your efforts on that. Um, Really focus on your dog and how you can train um, your baby to to not go to those areas and and to not go after the porcupines Um, because otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy. you got to teach your your dog to to not like those porcupines so that, you know, even if you get rid of them. You know, I have her, we normally walk her about four miles almost every day in wooded areas, even at my house for on the trails and uh, whatever she's wanting to go after squirrels and uh, groundhogs and whatever else are out there, but um, I bet you after the fourth time she won't do that again. Four, four right. times with the porcupine, I'm thinking she will have learned her lesson. You would hope so, but you know you just can't underestimate the dedication and the drive that dogs have when they see a critter running the other way. You just just don't put it past them. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets and we will yes go back to the phones in just a second toll free at 1-866-405-8405 calls for dr debbie or joey volani uh, grooming questions or questions vet questions pretty much behavior or vet questions we can handle it here and uh, oh i see robert simro in just a few minutes with five things you must know when hiring a pet sitter uh-oh have you heard this no i'm curious to see if i if i you know, can Fit pass in. all five things. Up to the muster. Yes. Okay. We'll see you in just a couple of minutes. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, if you're, you know, anything like me, you've got six dozen dog toys laying all over the floor. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to tell you about one of them to make sure that, you know, this toy that has been recalled is not in your, you know, collection of dog toys. Because it, it could be dangerous. Yeah, I heard about this. Uh, so you should be listening, especially if you're one of those people like me who just gets every dog toy that I can find on the shelf, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's on the way in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now. We have Debbie. Hey, Debbie. How are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. And yourself? Good. Dueling Debbies. Oh, look <laughs> I out. like it. <laughs> What's up? Well, I have a question about bloodhounds. All right. Do you yeah. have them? Oh, we have six dogs. Oh, um, my gosh. And they're all bloodhounds? No, we actually have three beagles, a uh, black lab, and a one-year-old bloodhound and a twelve-week-old bloodhound. Holy cow! You have a houseful. <laughs> yeah, plus a plus a two-year-old. I mean, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh. God help us. <laughs> yes. 
But, so what's um, going on with your dogs then? My husband wanted to know, are bloodhounds always that affectionate? Because this blood, one, our oldest bloodhound, she is like a lover. It's funny because we'll be cooking and my husband will actually put an apron on her. And she looks like she's cooking <laughs> in the kitchen with us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when you say, she, what's she doing that she's so affectionate? She puts her paws on you and constantly wants, she like hugs you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, as a breed, they are a very uh, loving, uh, gentle breed. Um, she may be taking it a little bit too far, perhaps, um, especially with the jumping, because that can be an undesired um, attention-seeking behavior that a lot of dogs do, just because they want us to be close to them, to be involved, paying attention to them. But okay. in general, yeah, I do find that a lot of our bloodhounds are, um, in addition to that wonderful baying that they do, <laughs> um, now, are there are other big pers- also known because the 12-year or the 12-week-old bloodhound we have, <clears throat> um, we actually got her from a breeder in Ohio. And I guess her eyelids are brushing her eyes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They can have some real problems with that where yeah, cause they can have their eyelids rolling. On, actually, tomorrow, on, on Tuesday for it. Okay. Are they just doing an eye tacking? I believe so. Okay. So, yeah, so we're talking about entropion, which is where the eyelids roll in and actually the hairs will scratch against the cornea surface causing injury and ulcers. So in a very young pup, just under, you know, just a couple of months of age, often we'll just do attacking, which is just kind of a quick uh, suturing technique where we just kind of pull the lid and just suture it to the skin lower so that it kind of rolls away from the eye. And this hopefully will give us some time as she grows into her skin folds yeah. so that um, once that kind of expands her face grows, we won't hopefully have um, the same problem. But some dogs do go on later to end up needing more permanent solution of permanent surgery. Okay, and what's your opinion about doing stem cell transplants on dogs? For what purpose? Um, our black lab, and I swear like all of our dogs must find our house because they have disabilities and we <laughs> put all this mm-hmm. money out and fix them, but our black uh-huh. lab um, at her shoulder, they said there's a growth plate that never fused together, uh-huh. and when she walks, she walks bow-legged. Well, she had surgery, and they rounded out those bones at her shoulder, but they said now she has arthritis really bad, and she is on desiccated mm-hmm. fish oil, but they were talking about doing stem cell. You know, it is a new therapy, and it's not something that um, that we use as a, a routine therapy. I actually looked at this for my old lab several years ago, and we were going to do it, but what I didn't like about it is that it did require um, a tissue harvest. So we had to do um, a fat tissue harvest, which meant a surgery for her. So I wasn't on game with that. So um, it may have some place. And, uh, you know, if you're um, going to a facility where they can do this, um, you know, it, it would certainly be something to try. But for me, I try some of the more basic therapies before we get to that. Um, uh-huh. uh, laser therapy um, it can be a wonderful thing for all sorts of different arthritic joint type disorders. And I yeah. use that uh, just about every day in my practice for pets, not just post-injury, but also those with chronic um, arthritis or chronic um, orthopedic injuries. Yeah, because she did so that be the water really therapy one. and like she's on desiquin the fish oil but they said if they do the stem cell that's something she might need done over and over again and it, that they wanted like $1,500 just for one time to do it 
Yeah, and, and that's one other thing that when you were looking at cost factors and this, the efforts to go into this, um, you know, if, you, if you've got laser therapy at a practice nearby, um, you know, it is relatively cheap. It doesn't require anesthesia. The dogs love it, and it can be a great way to kind of augment with other therapies. And I don't know, it, it doesn't sound like she's on any other traditional anti-inflammatories or pain relievers, but those are other things that we can look at doing, things like tramadol well, or gabapentin. tramadol, like if we see okay. she's limping more, that she can get tramadol, I guess it's 50 milligrams up to four times a day. Well, good, good. And then if you, um, if she's in good health and able to be taking a non-steroidal pain reliever, that can be very helpful for some dogs as well. Okay, well, thank you. Okay, good luck with that crew. My goodness, you got your hands full. <laughs> oh, that, that's why I'm a stay-at-home mom with the dogs and the kids, but I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for calling today, Debbie. The number is one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says Moose Toys Limited has issued a voluntary recall of more than 400,000 toys. They are the Little Live Pets, that must be the line, Lil, L-I-L, Frog Plastic Toys. And the reason they've done this is because of a battery hazard that can cause some injuries due to chemicals that are inside the batteries in the toy. Now, if the cap on the battery, Roro, I am not giving you your Lil Frog Plastic <laughs> Toy back. You know, sometimes you just have to be the responsible parent, right? Yes, absolutely. But uh, if the cap on this battery comes off, it can literally become a projectile, you know, flying across the room and chemicals uh, can then leak out. But the company has also received 17 reports of battery-related injuries, yeah, leaking chemicals, and the cap did indeed become a projectile. Who makes this toy? The toy is made by Moose Toys Limited, LTD. Okay. And um, of those 17 reported injuries, two of them uh, resulted in emergency room visits and doctor visits for eye irritations uh, due to the chemicals that were in the batteries. So mm. uh, at this point, only the little live 
Pat's Lil Frog and the Lil Frog Lily Pad. Yeah, you try and say that five times fast. Uh, the, the Lily Pad, which is sold in pink, blue, and green. Only those models are being recalled. Um, this might help, though, if uh, you had shopped at any of these stores. They were sold at military exchanges, Target, Toys R Us, Walmart, and Amazon between August of last year and uh, just last month, February. Hmm. You can tell Roro's heartbroken. So. Yeah, I would be, too. Just, My toy got taken just away. <laughs> letting you know. I didn't think, I mean, you would think that if it had a, a battery in a toy, I guess I just haven't, you don't really give many of those, or I haven't, to dogs. I, I have never actually seen one, so this this is new yeah. for me, but I'll be keeping an eye out now. Well, you can only imagine some of the incredibly insane and unusual things that the Customs and Border Patrol Protection Agents confiscate while they're on duty at the nation's airports. And at D.C.'s Washington-Dulles International Airport, now one of those unusual things they can add to their list are horse genitals. Horse genitals? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, about a month ago. They just came out with this release. The CBP at the airport confiscated 42 pounds of horse meat. But, but of that, 13 pounds of it was horse genitals. And it was being carried in by two women who had flown into the airport from Mongolia. And so, you know, they're doing their routine business, uh, questioning and search for agricultural items at this point. And the CBP specialist found the horse meat, which they say was hidden inside of juice boxes. Plus, they also found three liters of yak milk. Can you imagine trying to get that? (laughs) But uh, one woman said that the, the horse meat was for medicinal purposes. Um, and authorities do admit that, you know, often people travel with food products that are, are normal to their culture, but are uh, indeed very unusual in our eyes. And uh, by the way, that's not allowed in horse meat, not allowed in the U.S. unless it is certified by the country that it came from. And specifically, horse meat from Mongolia is prohibited because of concerns exposing diseases to U.S. livestock. Mm. Yeah. Well, what about that yak milk? Is that legal here? Can we can we drink that yak milk? <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a problem getting the milk, but they they weren't as concerned about the yak milk as they were with not even so much the horse meat. I mean, which could be a danger to U.S. livestock, but the horse genitals. They said that was just uh, I guess a new one to them. Yep, me too. Well, as the saying goes, and these stories are not connected. Everything is bigger in Texas. For example. Only in Texas would you walk into someone's home and be greeted by a 2,500-pound pet buffalo. Hmm. That's right, buffalo. And and this guy, the buffalo, his name is Wild Thing. He's been living in his human parents' house since he was only a three-month-old calf, which must have been adorable. And he is treated just like he should be as a member of the family. Ronnie and Sharon Bridges even gave Wild Thing his own bedroom where they say he likes to watch cartoons. They also let him eat at their dining room table. I can't imagine. I mean, what would he eat? I don't, I don't know. It's like I can't even fathom this. Uh, but they say they are okay with him wandering in and out of the house whenever he pleases. But they say it is a little bit like having a small car in the house as well. Uh, although Wild Thing does his best not to damage his parents' home. Uh, Dad Ronnie admits that there have been a few close calls. Like one time something spooked Wild Thing. 
Um, you know, who knows if it was a loud noise on TV or a thunderstorm. And, and this incident happened and wild things spooked and he accidentally ran off. But as he was running off, you, you know, you see them lower their head. Well, he lowered his head to where he actually picked up his dad on his head and he's running around the house and continued running around as dad is holding on to wild things horns could have been very ugly and do not try that at home okay yeah what, what if he misses his litter Ugh. um he's probably potty trained how absurd does that sound <laughs> but you know if if they love him and they have a ranch so you know they didn't tell me how big the house was but no house is know. big enough i'm sorry yeah if it's like having a small car in the house that's pretty big yep I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This is Animal Radio. All right, so I think we have a caller then, hey? Uh, I believe we have uh, Greg. Hey, Greg. Yeah, I got a question. I got a tuxedo cat. She adopted us about three years ago. And we feed her, but if we forget to feed her, she decapitates birds and rot and mice. And lately, she's been bringing owls up and just leaving them on my front porch without a head. And then she, you know, she walks off. But only does it when we forget to feed her. Why is she doing that? Well, you know, the interesting thing is cats that are outdoors, they will hunt. They do it because it's an instinct. They do it because it's a normal behavior. It's nasty and especially when you have the decapitated presence there at your at your door but i'd have to say that i don't know that necessarily she's trying to punish you by doing this she may be feeling like she's contributing to the household um in some way isn't that a she's gift bringing... doctor <laughs> it is and she's actually... forget to feed her well you know the interesting thing is that cats will hunt no matter whether they're well-fed or if they're hungry. So cats that hunt or kill birds or mice outside, that process happens no matter what. So you can make her big, fat, and happy and feed her three times a day. <laughs> That's going to still go on. The it's difference is... scary when you get decapitated animals on your front porch every so often. You sure it's her putting it there, right? <laughs> yeah, because I've seen it do it. She goes out and there's a big field behind my house. And I'll sit out there stalking different things, and then she'll she, only when we forget to feed her, that she'll bring it and leave it on the front porch. Like, well, I guess y'all ran out of food, so here I decided to feed y'all for a change. Yeah, and see, I take it a different spin. I take it as saying, "Hey, you know, it's dinner time. Here's my contribution, Pa, and here it is." <laughs> it just feels kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, make sure you're you're on good terms with your neighbors, and just make sure they're not doing anything crazy. But I, I'd say you know, pat her on the head, thank her for her a, a job well done, and just you know, mosey over to the kibble bowl and let her have her dinner. 
Yeah, because yeah, I mean, she, she has other cats that she used to hang out with. There were boy cats that used to come around. She had a blonde cat, and he'd come around for a while, and then she'd beat him up, and he ran off, and there wasn't any other cats around. And now there's a big, fat, gray cat that looks like a cat on Pet Cemetery. She's hanging out with him now. Oh, boy, bad crowd, it sounds like. You better uh, check that out and see where they're, where they're hanging out. Greg, we thank you for your call today, one 405 A bunch of strange calls, it seems like, today. Hey, if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, it's toll-free at one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When little Curly, a poodle mix, was rescued by a pet adoption league in Hackettstown, New Jersey, his hair was so badly matted that one of his front paws had to be amputated because the tangles had stopped the blood from getting into it. But Curly got a fancy new leash on life when he was adopted by Sharon and Joe Spitz, who own a canine cafe, a bakery that creates treats for dogs. They said they had no intention of adopting another dog. They already have three, but when they saw a picture of Curly... It was love at first sight. Curly now spends his days working at the bakery, happily greeting the customers and their dogs while wearing fancy collars and outfits. He seems to love his new job and, of course, those doggy treats. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Hi, this is Joyce Hewitt on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. Let's head back to the phones now. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. This one for Dr. Debbie. Uh, we have Joe on the phone. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? Good. Just waiting for Debbie. Well, she's right here. We're all here. You got the whole team. Oh, good. I hope she can help. <laughs> all right. What what can I do for you there, Joe? That cat of ours, it just stinks, you know, from from the poop. And uh, we we tried everything. We tried shaving it. We tried different food and cleaning it with baby baby wipes, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you do that, it cleans it up for one day, you know, the wipes, you know, but then she comes up on the bed and lays with me, you know, and then after a while, you know, I see a spot there, you know. <laughs> so okay. So she's, help us out. <laughs> so she's leaking something from her backside then? Not leaking. It's, you know, what's that then? It's just um, paste from the poop. It's, you know, and... Hmm, okay. It's... I don't know. It's just that it's just it sticks to her. Okay. All right. Well, and when she goes poop in the litter box, is it yeah. solid or is it not normal looking? It's, it's normal looking, isn't that right? 
The poop test in cats is pretty easy. If it's easy to scoop and it doesn't kind of go icky all over your scoop, um, if it was easy enough you could pick it up with your two fingers, then that's a solid poop. Anything less than that, if it looks like soft-serve ice cream, is abnormal. We call that diarrhea of some form. So um, so if you think your, your kitty's poop is solid, but there's still a really nasty odor and there's stuff that's kind of on the backside down there, then yeah. I have a couple questions for you. First thing I want to ask you is, is your kitty overweight? Uh, she's a big cat, you know, not a little bit overweight, you know, but not, not aggressively overweight, you know, but a little bit, yeah. Okay. So there are, the reason to ask that is there are kitties that because they're overweight, they can't actually turn around and do their normal cleaning functions. And that's something that is just a simple matter of hygiene for some cats if they're a little portly <laughs> around the middle. So yeah, see, some cats can't. I see her clean back there. She can't reach all the way back there. You know, she reaches in front and not farther back. Okay. Well, that that answers my question. Then you got a portly gal there. I'm sorry to report to you. <laughs> but yeah, so that's pr- probably part of the things. But the other things that I would be curious about, and if she was in front of me, that I would be checking her out would be a couple things here. Number one is I'd want to check a stool sample for parasites. Um, and not just the kinds that you see with your naked eye, like worms, like round worms or tapeworms, but actually also for things like Giardia or Coccidia, which are microscopic parasites that can cause some loose stool. Um, there's even some other protozoa that can cause some leakage of poop in the backside, and that can be a problem that we'd want to screen with a poop sample at your vet. The other things that I check out are also going to require your veterinarian to look at, um, but I want to check the anal glands. And checking the anal glands in cats is not as easy as it is in a dog. They have anal glands too? They absolutely do. Wow. So anal Anal glands are scent glands, kind of like the good old skunk gland. And they're in the same area, um, kind of uh, below at about 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock, if, if you look at the butt as a clock. If, I know that's kind of weird, but yeah. So you, you do that, and, and those glands, I would want to express those and check those, because cats can get anal sacculitis, just like dogs, which is inflammation, infection within those anal sacs. And that can cause a chronic odor, can cause a little bit of a seepage of liquid, and it can cause them to be uncomfortable or even downright painful. So that would be the next thing I'd check. The third thing I would check in a female kitty, especially if she's a little on the overweight side, is check her vaginal area. And I commonly see heavier female cats um, that can have basically just skin-fold dermatitis around their vaginal area. So basically because they are carrying extra weight and it kind of pushes the skin between their thighs together, it can create moist pockets where the urine and just even moisture can build up in the vaginal area, and that can lead to infection there. So when you say that even though you clean, there's still a stink, those would be the kind of three things that I would want to check out to better understand what we can do to help your gal because yeah using things like baby wipes or cleaning or even having your pet shaved can be helpful but if it doesn't do the trick it's going to require more of a medical approach to things here uh, oh, so does, does that make sense spend some, spend some money and take her to the vet huh? hopefully you not too bad you know it depends it depends on what we find, but, you know, something like this, it, you'd be amazed. I've had people, they've been sleeping with their cat or their dog and say, oh, my gosh, I can't get things under control. What is this odor? And then I'll find either, say, like a, on the one end, an ear infection or the other end, a vaginal infection. And these could be routine things that we just need to address. And it just means getting a veterinary professional's eyes on on your kitty. And uh, and I'm, I'm confident they'll get you some direction on that. Okay, that sounds good, Dr. Dev. 
That's my wife's name too, Debbie. So. Oh, awesome. Well, you have good taste in uh, females. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I think that's going to help out a lot then. Yeah, I hope so anyhow because I, I, I like her sleeping with me, you know, when she puts her, turns around, puts her real towards my face, you know, I got chase her off the bed then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't yeah. make for a good night's sleep, so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so okay, much, Joe. Have a good one. Uh, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. So you say 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock on the butt clock, on the cat butt clock. Yes, the, and the cat butt clock is just kind of like the dog butt clock. You know, I don't know if we talk that way about people. But. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that's what I want for Christmas, by the way, is a butt clock. I, I draw some really <laughs> phenomenal butt pictures, I have to tell you. You know, I really do. And at 12 o'clock is the tail. And sometimes the tail goes up straight, sometimes it curves out to the side, and then all sorts of icky pathology might be off to the sides of the of the butt clock. So. You are so multi-talented, really. Yeah, gross things, you know, that, that's my forte. <laughs> butt clock, that is hysterical. I've never heard that before. Oh, really? <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Don't let a scar steal your spotlight. Mederma Advanced Scar Gel is the only once-daily scar care product clinically shown to reduce scar appearance, making it one of the most cost-effective products available. Our unique formulation utilizes patented ingredients to improve the appearance of scars old and new. So to look your best on your big day, trust your scar care to Mederma Advanced Scar Gel. Visit Mederma.com to learn more about our growing family of skincare solutions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If your dog suffers from allergies, or cat, or flamingo, I guess, or really any of your animals, but mostly your dog and your cat, there are some great new medicines on the market. In just a few minutes, Dr. Marty Becker will be back to tell us about these that really uh, our very own Dr. Debbie has been talking about for, for months now. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of a lot of these things, and uh, people just don't know that there's new things out there that can help, and you don't have to rely on the old things that you did a decade or two ago. You don't have to let your animals suffer anymore. So that's around the corner in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. And uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Brooks? Well, when I was in school, and did you guys ever use the excuse that the dog ate your homework? All the time. Okay. I always you did know my that homework. It what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I did, too. I never tried that one. But there's a, a guy in Florida who's trying the excuse, my dog shot my girlfriend. Oh, we'll that story oh right. <laughs> this is for I'm real. I'm telling you. Okay. Yeah. That's on the way in just a couple of minutes. Let's hit the phones. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And the iPhone one has just been updated. I saw you actually, Judy, playing with it the other day. I'm guilty. Guilty. You can send us your audio. You can send us your questions. You can send us the sounds that your animals make. We'd love to hear those, especially in our <laughs> off time. And let's go to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Where are How you are calling you? from today? Uh, Royal Grande, California. Oh, just down the street. Listening on KVEC. Thank you so much for listening. I have the whole team here. What's going on? So um, we have this issue with our chocolate lab. He's about nine and a half months old. 
and um, he was losing hair on his left eye around his eye. And so we, we took him in. Um, they thought it was man, mites initially, and okay. um, they prescribed a flea medicine that was supposed to clear that up, but it, it wasn't the mites. They did a culture to test for ringworm. It wasn't ringworm. They did a biopsy. Um, you know, of course, this all took weeks to do all this. Um, turns out he had um, a staph infection. Okay. And um, so they, they put him on antibiotics, um, which does seem to slowly have been helping. But they also prescribed another medicine because um, my concern is he, he itches a lot. Like he scratches and... Um, and in the morning, sometimes he's coughing. So um, the doctor said to, to put him on Claritin. And then the last time, he actually prescribed a, a medication called prednisone. Prednisone, okay. Prednisone, yeah. And when I was reading some of the side effects of prednisone, it said it could stunt growth, and I guess it's a steroid. So I, I was mm-hmm. a little concerned about prednisone. Um, and, and we actually, I did a little more research and I found a product called, um, D-O-U-X-O Duoxo shampoo, which seemed mm-hmm. to have pretty good reviews about skin allergies online. So that's kind of my question. If I, if I should be giving them this prednisone or should I just wait it out okay. or what? Okay, great. Well, I see a lot of Labradors in my practice and I will tell you at a dog of his age, um, a couple things come screaming out to me. <laughs> Number one is what kind of what they've already alluded to is um, skin mites. So um, mites are typically uh, most common in puppies, um, young dogs, or those that are immune suppressed from something else. So that means their immune system doesn't quite fight them off as another dog. Um, right. There's different types of mites and different types of treatments. So um, I'm not sure what specific type that the veterinarian tried. Sometimes. Um, I will treat for mites even if I don't see them on a skin test. And that's an important thing for people to realize is that sometimes we'll get a negative test, but it doesn't mean an absolute, eh, it couldn't be that. So um, what my preferred treatment for mites is right now um, is an oral product. And there's a couple different ones out there on the market. Um, one goes by Brevecto, the other's NexGuard. And it, those are flea tick medications, but they have been shown anecdotally. So meaning not it's not created, this drug wasn't created for it, it's created for for fleas and ticks, but it has been shown to help um, cure different types of skin mites. So they, that's how they gave them. We gave them Brevecto. That was the first thing okay. we gave them. Um, there you go. And that didn't clear it up. Okay. So, so for me, that's that's a big thing. Now, if there was infection at the same time, we have to treat infection as well. So if that was going on and that was treated and it didn't get better, the really big thing that, that just comes screaming out to me as you were telling me your, your dog's kind of history there is a young Labrador under a year of age with itchiness that does not um, treat effectively with mite treatment or flea treatment. Really, I think of allergies and allergies as a kind of a whole catch-all term. So there's seasonal allergies, which are kind of like the inhalants, the molds, the pollens, uh, the things around the house, the dust mites, things like that. And then there's food allergies. And in a young dog, especially Labradors, uh, the youngest dog uh, Labrador I've uh, diagnosed with food allergy was six months of age. 
Um, so I would really um, encourage you uh, to, to see your veterinarian about a good hypoallergenic diet. And for me, this means not just going to PetSmart or going to a pet store and picking up, oh, hey, I'm going to go grain-free or I'm going to pick up this special organic diet. It's there, There's a lot of medicine and there's a lot of science that goes into this. So trust your veterinarian when they say, hey, I would like to put your dog on either. And uh, number one is a hydrolyzed protein diet. Or number two is a novel protein diet. And those are two different kind of schools of thought when we try to address food allergies. Um, but for a young dog that just itching is not under control, getting them on a diet like that and nothing else often can do the trick. But it's not a quick fix um, because food, proteins, and allergens kind of linger for days to weeks. So we have to try this kind of strategy, give it a good month to two months to see how we're doing, and control the itch in the meantime with other means. Um, but that would be my really big wish for your baby is to, to get this baby on a, on a hypoallergenic diet. And you'll be amazed. Um, I have dogs that we've done all sorts of medicines, and sometimes these heavy-duty things like prednisone, which, yes, it's a steroid, it suppresses the immune system in other ways as well as suppressing that itch. So I would really not want a dog his age to get have to be stuck on that. Um, there, there's a lot of other great tools in our arsenal. And um, I, I know we've been talking about it a bit in current shows and, and today, but there's some super medications that we can help to try to control the allergic response that dogs have. There's some by a pill form um, that are given on a daily basis called Apoquel, and then there's some that we can give as an injection um, that aren't steroids, that are actually a completely new pathway of how we can stop the itch cycle in dogs. And um, the injection that I've been using, like, tons in my practice is an injection called Cytopoint, and it uh, helps to treat itch for about a month. Um, so you can do something like that, start that, and then start a hypoallergenic diet, and then once that sh- it injection starts to wear off, then you can see how well you know his itch is controlling. Um, but I would much rather see you try things like that than getting, getting him hooked on a, you know, a steroid here. Can you spell that injection you, you just mentioned? Sure. Um, it's C-Y-T-O. P-O-I-N-T. Um, a lot of veterinarians like myself that have been using it for a year or more, um, we used to know it by the abbreviation CADI, C-A-D-I, and it stands for canine um, atopic dermatitis immunoglobulin. And so it's not really like a drug. It's, it's more um, it uh, helps to bind um, a receptor that's involved with the itch pathway. So it just kind of blocks that whole signal so the pet doesn't know they're really itchy. So um, so that, that would be a great thing. But it is, like I said, it's important to do the dietary approach so that you don't have a dog that, you know, you have to come in every month to go to the vet to get an injection. So we do want to get ahead of this in, a, in another fashion. So you don't, um, you don't think the prednisone would be a good fit for him right now? Not at all, no. Not at all. If he was nine years old and this is the first time he's had a problem, yeah, I, I like to use prednisone. It's a good anti-inflammatory, but he is too young to really have to rely on that. If it was just a matter of using it for a week, that's great. But um, for dogs that start to display allergies at this young of an age, um, it, just treating him for a couple of weeks is not going to be enough. You're going to find that you're going to have to keep going back to that steroid. And the problem that it creates is it decreases muscle mass. It's going to decrease the body's ability to fight infection. Um, it actually can cause hair loss in a different fashion, and it can put us at risk for other things like what we call iatrogenic Cushing, so basically upsetting the adrenal gland balance. So um, it, it's just a route. It's cheap. It's easy. So sometimes it is a necessary evil, but I think there's 
much better strategies that I didn't have in my tool bag a couple of years ago, and I could certainly tell you there's a lot better things we can do for him now. What What about this shampoo? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so the the Duxo shampoo is a great one. It does help to restore the um, phospholipid barriers, which is basically the healthy kind of fat oil layer in the skin. Um, so I think that's a great thing um, that you can use. Um, there's also some other topicals that you can do. The the, the Duxo has a spot on, um, if they're still making that, that you could put on that does the same thing as some of the shampoos. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. That's a, an excellent veterinary product um, to use. Okay. Okay. And is it just? I mean, you said um, something that you see this in a in a lot of labs. I mean, is, is there you yeah. just like immune to this kind of, or not immune to this kind of stuff? Or like I've so, had labs before, but yes. this guy this guy seems to he's had ear infections. He had. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! Yep. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, um, Labradors, especially chocolate labs, um, are probably the most common allergy patient um, within the breed. I see is the chocolates tend to have a lot of the problems. Um, so it is a little bit of an inherited tendency, um, you know. But some of it is really just, uh, you know, just like you or I, you know, you could be allergic in spring and I could be allergic in fall, and you know, our relatives may never have a problem. Um, so I got you. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully that'll help you there, Kevin. Give us a call back. Let us know how it, it works out, which path you decide to go down. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Well, this healthy serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. This is Animal Radio, baby. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Hi everybody, this is Frankie Avalon and I love animal radio. Keep listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. You do the moonwalk so well. Thank you. You're very, very talented. I know. I got rhythm. There's a lot of talent around me right now. (laughs) And I'll introduce you in just a second, especially if you're listening on WZEA. We welcome another affiliate to the Animal Radio family, WZEA, The Sea, in Daytona Beach, Florida. Ooh. We might have to go visit that station. (laughs) It sounds like a beautiful place to have a station, especially this time of year. Uh, Spring break, just about to happen. Well, I don't know. I probably want to avoid it at that time. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, before we head back to the phones, oh, I, w- I was going to introduce you, Judy, to my left. If you're listening in Daytona, yeah, Beach. all this talent around you, you yeah. were talking about. Yeah. yeah, in the newsroom, that is Lori Brooks, Joey Volani, actually in the in the break room right now, and uh, he'll answer any questions about grooming. And then, of course, we have Doctor Debbie over here. Sometimes she comes in with her dogs. 
I know Lori always comes in with her dogs. Judy, you always come in with your dogs. So there's a whole yes. studio full of animals here. And they all get along. For better the than the part. humans sometimes. Yeah, most definitely better than the humans. <laughs> get out of my way over there. What are you doing? <laughs> Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Uh, you probably heard about um, talk of a link between cats and schizophrenia, but but it's not that common. Uh, but really? there is a new yeah, there is a new study out on this supposed connection uh, that they have delved into much further, and we'll tell you what they found out. Yeah, I think it was about a month ago or maybe two months ago, we had a uh, an author on who was talking about parasites and different parasites mm-hmm. that our, our different animals have. Yeah. And the cats with toxoplasmosis. Is that it? Toxoplasmosis. Exactly. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah. how you're such yeah. a good student. And that's the one that's supposed to make you schizophrenic, <laughs> right? I, yes. So there, well, there is a link between those two, and it's traditionally found in cats, or they always thought that it was only found in cats, but they've come up with another place that you can also come in contact with. With the parasite that causes that. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And we'll find out more coming up in just a couple of minutes right here (laughs) on Animal Radio. Let's hit the phones. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Where are you calling from today? I'm in Memphis, Tennessee right now. Beautiful Memphis. What's going on? Well, uh, I got a question. I I drive a truck, and I have a, uh, he's a seven-month-old Jack Russell Dachshund Cross. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's my little sidekick, but uh, I like to feed him where he does the self-feeding. Okay. Is is that okay for him? You know, I, I have a couple reservations with that in that situation. The first thing is that for puppies, you know, food is a great motivator and it's a great reward. So I would use that feeding time as an opportunity to really reward good behaviors and, you know, to help really bond the the feeling that you're the provider of the food. That's a a very big thing. So I do feel that's very important to kind of teach that hierarchy of, you know, the humans provide for the animal and it's kind of a natural way that you show that you're, you know, the dominant species in the household. Um, the, The other concern I would have especially in a cab environment, is going to be that you're in kind of an enclosed area that is limiting his movement. And um, if he's not moving a lot, there's going to be potentially some boredom. So rather than just leaving the food there, um, which is very unrewarding, um, I, I would like to see him either work for it um, or you know set the meal feeding down twice a day and then provide some of the kibble in a, um interactive way. You can get, there's food dispensing toys that have little holes and little gaps where once they kind of push it around, chew on it, the pieces of food fall out and it'll help to keep him entertained while he's eating and not just kind of mosey up to the bowl whenever he's bored. Um, so, so I would definitely encourage you to do that. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe as an adult dog, that might be a different thing, but he's got a lot of energy and, um, you know, we're going to look for ways to keep him occupied while you're driving. <laughs> well, we stop every three hours. Roughly every three hours. And we get out and we go play for about 15, 20 minutes. Great. Good. Yeah, that Jack Russell in him, I'm sure he is looking to run and play. <laughs> they are high energy. <laughs> well, he's actually, I put him in the truck with me when he was five and a half weeks old. So this is what he knows, and he's actually really calm in the truck. Good, good. So that's what I was wondering, because uh, I feed him a high-protein dog food. Mm-hmm. Uh I've been feeding the back to basics dog food. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's about a 38% protein. And yeah. he does best on it, but he seems to be calm and he's not having any issues with it. 
Well, good, good. And, and that's the big thing is really watching his body condition, um, is, you know, if he's not, you know, burning off as much calories and all that energy, then we don't want him to get portly. We don't want him to get chubby. Um, and as he's getting to seven months and older, you know, we're going to have to start talking about making sure you're gradually transitioning into an adult food as well. So, um, but I, I think that's all good. It sounds like you're, you're on top of it and getting stops along the way, getting his exercise. I, I commend right. you for that because that's hard for folks who drive truck is, to, to stop, get out, and let the doggies run around and spend some time. Right. Um, he's only about, I would say, about nine pounds right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he hasn't, he doesn't put on very much weight. Um, and he only takes a few bites every once in a while, and he'll go lay back down or go play. And then he comes back, gets a few more bites. Uh-huh. Well, he, he may be one of those kind of dogs that some dogs are truly grazers and they're more like cats and they just nibble through the day. Um, for me, I like to kind of establish that once they hit adulthood, um, you know, whether they're going to settle into that kind of pattern. But uh, okay. oh, sounds like you got a good pal there for you for driving with you. And uh, give him a pat on the head for me. All right. Thank you so much for your call. This is Dr. Debbie at Animal Radio. Give us a call at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay and to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Lightning. Hey, bud, Joe Powell Lightning. I was just hanging out in the old cloud of rue here. thought I'd give you a call. <laughs> Hope you're still not sore about that time uh, I deep-fried your big-screen TV with that bolt. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to pay you back for that one, <laughs> for sure. Uh, a little short on cash at the moment, but uh, any day now. <laughs> yep. Well, anywho, talk later. Lightning won't pay for the damage it causes. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. As if parents of uh, human children did not have enough things to worry about, here's another. Some scientists think that pet cats might increase a child's risk of developing schizophrenia. Have you ever heard that before? I have actually heard that. We had somebody on that said that. But uh, they've been doing a lot of research in this area, and it, it focuses on the links between a cat-born parasite that causes what's called toxoplasmosis uh-huh. and human mental health disorders. Now, this new study of about 5,000 children in the U.K. found no evidence that cat ownership during gestation or childhood was associated with psychotic experiences that can be early signs of mental illness. Um, signs like hallucinations or paranoia when they were teenagers. The study's authors write, there is good evidence that T. gondii infections, which cause toxoplasmosis, are associated with psychosis. So some researchers hypothesize that owning cats in childhood increases the risk of developing mental illnesses, especially schizophrenia. And uh, by the way, you know, honestly, a handful of studies have supported that idea. But they note that people can also become infected with T. gondii from undercooked meat or even contaminated water. Now, this new study is 
much, much larger than previous studies on the same subject. And it's based on data collected from children that were born in the early 1990s and tracked for, you know, almost a couple of decades. What the re- uh, new research does not answer, though, is whether cat ownership during pregnancy and childhood is linked to schizophrenia later in life. And that's simply because the participants in this study are not yet old enough to get late-life schizophrenia, which uh, can typically develop between 18 and 25. But researchers add that if there is a cat mental illness connection, the early signs would have been detected when the participants were screened for psychotic experiences at ages 13 and 18. So this study did go on for quite a while. However, they do warn... And please be very clear on this. Pregnant women should continue to avoid any contact with litter boxes because T. gondii infections cause toxoplasmosis, which can cause very serious birth defects and complications. But it was very interesting. I've I've never seen anything like this. At the end of a study, these authors added a a very unusual conflict of interest statement, kind of like declaring that they didn't own any stocks in a company or something like that. And they said that they all have owned or currently own cats, but that that did not affect their work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of saying for animal lovers. Okay, misrepresenting a pet as a service animal. Boy, that's happening a lot lately. It could become a crime in Wyoming under a bill being considered in the state legislature there. The issue, of course, stems from people claiming their pet is a service animal in order that they can take it into a place like a restaurant or a store or even rent a home that doesn't allow pets. And and similar laws like this are being discussed all around the country because the situation has grown very troublesome, especially in some of the larger city areas. And a man who claims his girlfriend was shot while she was sleeping, is now blaming their dog for this incident. Uh-huh. Can you believe? Yeah. I, it sounds kind of fishy to me, but this guy, 25-year-old Brian Murphy, says his partner was shot in the leg after their dog, Diesel, leaped onto the nightstand where he keeps his gun, and the dog accidentally set it off. As he explained to Jacksonville, Florida police, the dog woke him up that night, so he decided, you know, the dog's awake, I'll take him for a walk. Well, they returned. Yeah, Diesel ran ahead of him down the hall into the couple's dark bedroom where his girlfriend was soundly sleeping, and then he saw a flash that was, you know, accompanied by a very loud noise, a bang, and realized that the girlfriend was injured, uh, but... It was in the leg, a long way from the heart. She is expected to make a complete recovery. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't think their relationship still, will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Really? I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. 
When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear-free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Just a few minutes ago, Lori told us about a toy that is being recalled, and we're going to put the information up over at the website. Uh, apparently, it has a, a battery inside it. I, I've never heard of a dog a dog chew toy that has a battery inside it. <laughs> just sounds like a battery, well, I don't know, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's plastic, but they said there's caps, uh, or rather a cap on the batteries. So maybe it's a couple batteries, but the cap on it, if it's, you know, a dog chews too hard or something, can come off it. And it literally becomes a projectile because of the chemicals inside the battery. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. very, very dangerous. Okay, uh, so we'll put that information over at the website if you want to look it up. Uh, with us, Dr. Marty Becker. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? Oh, hi, friends. Long winter. It's not- Long <laughs> winter. But just uh, snowing today, snowing tomorrow, snowing the next seven days. I'm sick of snow. You live up there in uh, the, pretty much near the border of Canada and the United States, don't you? Seven miles away. Wow. Yeah, seven wow. miles away. Well, you know, it'll be just a few weeks. Spring will be here, depending on where you are in the country. This is usually the time when all of the veterinarians see a lot more animals that have allergies. And there's some great new resources for those. Oh my gosh, am I excited. Yeah. I'm excited as a veterinarian because that's, that's the number one thing people take pets to the vet for skin problems. And, you know, there's a product we talked about a long time ago, actually two years ago. It's a pill that you give every day and it just is something that breaks the itch cycle. So, you know, when humans get allergies, we sneeze, we sniffle, we got red runny eyes and when dogs inhale something, they have histamine and other things released and it starts this itch cycle. And when the itch cycle starts and they, they open this, tear open the skin barrier by chewing or scratching and then the hair comes the bacteria and the fungal infections. Yeah. And, and it's a forever disease for most pets. So there's this product called Apoquel. It came out, they thought they had a three year supply. It came out in January 2015 and was gone. And so people couldn't get it. So now it's back in stock as of May of last year. So veterinarians are, are able to order all they want. There's been 2 million doses treated. Yeah. Dr. Two- Debbie's always, you swear by that. You're talking about I, yeah. all, all the time. I, I use it quite mentioned. a bit as, as well as the, the other new uh, drug that's on the forefront coming up. I use a lot of it. So now you've got something that worked really rapidly. And at the time, the veterinary dermatologists, the board of dermatologists that were detailing this, you know, they said it does this, it does this, it does this. And then they, you know, drew you in. Well, let's talk about the side effects. And and I remember a blank screen came up and it was like, <laughs> what? And really? Said, really? Really? There's no side effects. And now, you know, here we are uh, coming up on, uh, uh, you know, almost three years. There's been over 2 million dogs treated and there's essentially no side effects. So that's one thing. And then the thing that Dr. Debbie was hinting about here, there's a new drug called Cytopoint. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, between Cytopoint and Apoquel, Dr. Marty or Dr. Debbie and all these other veterinarians around the North America have two powerful tools at their disposal. So Cytopoint is a, is what we call a monoclonal antibody. It'd be like the equivalent of uh, mass bombing in World War II versus smart bombs. I think of this Cytopoint like uh, you're injecting a bunch of little Pac-Mans <laughs> or, that go inside, and these Pac-Mans target this specific protein that induces itching in a dog. 
and they they grab it, they neutralize it, they mop it up, and and it's gone. There's literally no side effects. It's only targeting this specific protein. This is a, an innovative product. It's an injectable. You give it sub-Q. It has about the same sting factor as saline. Yeah, do you do it once? You do it once every four to eight weeks. Some okay. dogs can go longer, but the what they're seeing for most of these is four to eight weeks. Well, it's great to hear about these and, of course, ask your vet what you should use. Well, here, here's one thing I want to I end with. You know, uh, I think most people have had athletes before, and yep. they know how distressing that is to have something, or have had an ear infection or something. It's not fair for these pets to suffer. And before we, we World War II bombed them with, uh, with steroids, and th- that affects lots of cells. You know, these kind of products, that just affects one cell. So now it's simple, it's safe, it's surefire, very little side effects. And so let's give these pets the relief that we'd want for any other family member. Absolutely. Dr. Marty Becker, always fun to have you on. What is the uh, website if people want to learn more? They can go to drmartybecker.com or for dogs, it's Cytopoint for Dogs, C-Y-T-O point, cytopointfordogs.com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Thank you so much, Doc, for visiting with us again. Bye, friends. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, it's Alan Cable. We got a call on Animal Radio about what to do if your dog jumps on you. That's a common problem. Let's talk about it. First of all, let's review. Your dog learns mostly everything from watching you. Your body language, your behavior. Let's say your dog does something wrong and you're upset about it. A lot of people think, oh, look at him. He knows what he did. He looks guilty. Unless you catch your dog doing something you don't like right then and there and make a correction or ignore him, he has no idea what you're upset about. He just looks guilty because you're upset and your body language is telling him that. He doesn't understand what you're saying, but he does recognize the tone of your voice is not being happy, and your body language and movements tells him the same thing, so he looks guilty. Again, unless you catch him red-handed, he just knows you're not happy, and that's why he looks like that. He doesn't actually know what he did wrong. Now, dogs jumping on people is a very common thing. Some people don't mind it, and some people don't like it, and that can cause problems and misunderstandings for a dog. It has to be either one way or the other. He can't jump on some people and not on others. They simply don't understand that it's too complicated so if you don't want your dog to jump on you he can't jump on anybody and you're gonna have to tell people no 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 no. i don't want him to jump on you it's okay i don't mind no 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 no. he's not allowed to jump on people some folks will come along and prod the dog to jump on them come on boy up 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 well you've got to put a stop to that and make sure he understands the rules first thing to do is pay no attention to your dog for 15 minutes to a half hour when you come home and the same amount of time when you leave make it a non-event this way your dog won't get excited when you come or go. When your dog does jump on you, immediately turn around, show him your back. Don't talk to him, don't look at him, don't pay any attention to him. And do it several times. Just don't give him any attention at all if he jumps on you. And wait for him to either mellow out and sit or walk away. Then tell him, good dog. Now, it's going to take time and patience, but your dog's going to learn that jumping up on people is just not okay. He's also going to learn that he gets attention from you when he's mellow and calm and not excited and anxious. So to review, if your dog's jumping on you, it just means he hasn't learned not to. Don't let a scar steal your spotlight. Moderma Advanced Scar Gel is the only once-daily scar care product clinically shown to reduce scar appearance, making it one of the most cost-effective products available. Our unique formulation utilizes patented ingredients to improve the appearance of scars old and new. So to look your best on your big day, trust your scar care to Moderma Advanced Scar Gel. 
Visit Mederma.com to learn more about our growing family of skincare solutions. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And we welcome to the airwaves Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay is a serial entrepreneur, an advisor to uh, the Fortune 100 and the uh, Forbes 50 Billionaires. A serial entrepreneur. Serial. I don't have enough ideas for like a single idea. <laughs> but to have somebody who, who does this over and over, we welcome him to the airwaves. Welcome, Sanjay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You have a brand new book out called Perceiving Purpose. I like it. It's an easy read, but I think uh, some of the ideas probably were inspired by a dog. Yeah, that's right. It was inspired by my basset hound, Cody, who uh, strangely taught me a lot more about my uh, about philosophy than... 25 years of <laughs> philosophy and theology, uh, which is a lot of reading, a lot of reading, I have to tell you. You know, when I think about a dog doing that, I don't, the, a basset hound isn't the first dog that comes to mind. They're kind of, I think they're kind of, you know, they're slow, they're kind of kickback, they're lazy, where other dogs are out and active. So I, I don't think of a basset hound first. I, I, I agree with that. But the, the thing with dogs is, and basset hounds in particular, is that they have this presence about them that makes them look very wise. So <laughs> when you're looking at them, you get the sense that they, they have something going on back there. And they do. They probably do. So I started thinking about well, what what is going on with this dog. And, you know, when I started looking at some of the actions that my dog Cody was, was you know, was doing on a daily basis, <laughs> there were some very, very strange things. And one of the most one of the most unusual things that I observed about about him, like was was when I took him out on a canoe trip one day, and this is a dog that would never do anything he didn't want to do, <laughs> um, and to you know he didn't he didn't like going into the water, but when he got into the canoe, the first thing he did was jump into into the lake, and I couldn't for the life of me I could not could not understand why he wanted to do that. And I started to realize that the reason why was because he perceived that black lake as being asphalt. Oh, surprise. Okay, so when you start, so I use that as being the groundwork for how he perceived the world versus what he wanted to do with the world. And from that was where the book started. And I think that dogs actually are the one creature that we, we relate to really, really well that actually do make sense of the world. And we, we just don't pay attention to how much they actually know. And I think that's sad because look at how happy they are. Sure. They're always happy. Well, they, they don't look too deep for answers. A dog isn't uh, looking into his life. Why is my life this way? Why me? <laughs> Why they, they're, they're very much in the moment. You know, one of the things I try to remind myself about is that, you know, uh, is that I can't, I can't pretend to know what goes on in your head or in Judy's head, right? Sure. And I, when I was looking at Cody, I, I would love to like think, like, what is that dog thinking about? And I think it's a really arrogant presumption for me to think, even as a human could, could possibly know what God's creature is thinking. Absolutely. That's, it's just not. So maybe, maybe this dog is actually very, very 
brilliant <laughs> and knows something, knows something that I don't. Uh, and that's just something that I want to just like turn the tables on in terms of my own thought process about how I look at the world. Um, and that's what I encourage other people to do too with their own lives is, you know, look at, look at things from a different perspective, not just from, from the one that you were maybe taught to look at. Sure. Before you leave, will you tell us what is the one thing, the one, the most important thing you've learned from your dog that you might be able to impart? Yeah. The, uh, the most important thing I learned from Cody, uh, was that, you know, life is not at all what you you could possibly have imagined it to be. And I know that when I picked him up at the the pound, when he was two years old, he might have had some kind of conception of what his life at the farm was was going to look like, you know, when he was first born and raised there. Sure. But when he was dropped off at the kennel, I don't know if, if he thought that that was where his life was going to end up and then his life was going to transition into another life with me. What, whatever preconceived notions that we have about how we're supposed to live our lives, I think we need to re-examine them. And I think he taught me that we, we have to abandon those, those preconceptions because if we hold on to them too tightly, we will never, ever have the capacity to be happy. We just can't do it. Um, and he gave me so much in that, in that release that I, I can't think of enough. I can't. The book is very inspirational. It's called Perceiving Purpose, the author Sanjay Gupta. I'm going to put links to it over at the uh, website. In fact, I'm also going to give away 10 copies right now, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, you can get this off of Amazon, right? That's right. Yeah. You know, on Amazon right now, globally. Um, and I thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you spending time with us today. My great pleasure. The dogs just got up. You know what that means? They're telling us, take us out for a walk. You guys are done. Pay some attention to us. And we are indeed done. But if you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. It's been updated and upgraded if you haven't updated yet. And... Don't forget, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They are Kindle books over at Amazon.com. And, of course, we have links from AnimalRadio.com. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.